0: Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across
1: the world. Hello, and welcome to episode 55 of Endurance Horse Podcast. Today, we talk with endurance rider and ride manager, Kathy Birmingham kathy is the ride manager for the missouri ride called god's country and today we're going to chat about a little about ride management uh, our love of saddlebred horses and a little bit about the 35 mile distance that just kind of came up in the conversation sit back and enjoy the ride i do uh usually avoid discussions about distance and things like that, because I don't want to polarize anything. But I'm going to go ahead and include that discussion because I think think it was a good one. Just, you know, things to think about. It's good to, to consider other things. So without further ado, I bring to you episode 55 of Endurance Horse podcast. God's country. Today on Endurance Horse Podcast, we're talking with Kathy Birmingham, who manages God's Country Endurance Ride out in Missouri. Hi, Kathy. This is Christina Hike from Endurance Horse Podcast. How are you this morning? Hey there. I'm doing good. I'm glad we finally connected. The first question I love to ask everybody is how did you get into horses?
0: been into horses since I was a little girl. My family is not horsey out of five kids, I'm the only one that is, but I found people that have them and just forced them into my life. <laughs> so I've been around them a long time. <laughs> how did you get into endurance? I had a friend that did endurance and asked me to start conditioning her horses. And then she invited me to a clinic. I used to show saddlebreds, mm. and um, once I did the clinic, then I was sold. So I've been doing it ever since.
1: I have a soft spot for saddlebreds that goes back to my teenage years. But we also have a half saddlebred, half Belgian right now, and well, we've had him his whole life. He's oh. eighteen now, and I adore them.
0: I think they're underutilized. <laughs> so they are. They mm-hmm. are uh, some of the most level-headed, gentle giants. Willing to please love people. They are a neat breed. Did you see that a 16 hand saddlebred just did Tavis Cup? That's of course I did. <laughs> of course you did. Yep. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, I was so proud of them and the little Hackney And the Hackney Pony. I mean, that's like a little miniature saddlebred, you it know. Is. So, yeah, that was just uh, really warm to my heart. That's very inspiring. I've always had a suspicion that
1: a Hackney of a full size or a mini size would, would do well in endurance. I've always thought, you know, they seem to never tire. <laughs> you know, whenever I've seen a Hackney, yeah. they just seem to never right. Never get tired at all. They're like the Energizer Bunny. They are. Yeah, he could have went around the Tevis with little pink ears on and it would have fit perfectly. Yes.
0: <laughs> my next question
1: is, why did you stick with endurance?
0: I, as a kid, just always dreamed my family camped a lot. And I just would always think if only there were horses, oh. I would just love that. And so, you know, I would be, be driving along in the car and I just imagined myself galloping along beside the car and it just fed my soul. The people in our central region, that's another reason they are a very special family of people, you know, they they feel like that to me. They take you right in. Even though you're competing against these people, they are always rooting for you, helping you, encouraging you. And um, I just had not seen any of that in the horse show world. So the camping, being next to my horses for three days in a row, you know, on weekends, it just really sold me on the sport.
1: Do you know that's the number one answer on this podcast? It is it's the people and the people yeah it it is it's like um I used to joke with my husband we haven't been able to compete much lately and uh, we had some horses with EPM and that's a different story I used to say that that was besides the miles you know you build this history like a work history of your miles besides that The fact that you're in like basically a traveling gypsy family, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you go from one camp to the next camp and you're like, oh, that's so and so set up. I'm going to stop in and say hi, you know, it is like a family reunion of sorts. And that tends to, to probably be the number one answer of why people have stuck with it. So here's the big question. How did you get roped into being a ride manager, or was it something you really wanted to do?
0: You know, I did endurance for 15 years before I went that route. You know, whenever I would go to a new place and start exploring, me and my friends would go, oh, this would be a perfect place for a ride or mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it just kept nagging at me that I wasn't giving back. You know, you just show up, you enjoy mm-hmm. the trails, and everybody talks about how much work it is to get on the rides and I just started feeling like, you know, it's something I do you like doing, um, piecing together the mileage, game of following the ribbons, and I would imagine, you know, different ways we could do it, and I just started to realize it was something I might enjoy. Tackled that in 2017 at a location, uh, North Fork River Ranch, which was formerly Flying R, and that was my first ride, and I definitely needed mentors to help me Mm -hmm. because I had no idea what all was involved or where to even begin on the logistics of it. You know, it's one Mm -hmm. thing to imagine putting trails together, but there are so many things that go into it. So that was the first God's Country ride was at that location. And then the others have been at Coal Creek near Lebanon.
1: So that leads into my next set of questions, which was, where is your ride located. And also, have you always been the ride manager of this ride? And how was the ride named?
0: I have always been the ride manager that I have worked my good friends into it with me. So I do have to mention uh, Emma McKinnon and Karen Dameron and Jody Schloop have been my standby knee. Uh, friends who, you know, without them, I could not have done it because it's too much to do as one person. Uh, The name just, that comes from my clan of friends. We have horses and God in common. Mm -hmm. We come from a lot of different spiritual backgrounds Mm -hmm. that God is our cornerstone And when we were trying to think up names, I just knew that I had to mention him because this nature that we enjoy so much is his artistry. It Mm -hmm. is, you know, what he has created. And when God's country, you know, I just said that's what makes the most sense to me. We all just fell in love with it. And it's like, yeah, that's it. This is his country. This is his beauty, his art. This is what he has made that we get to absorb and enjoy. That is how that came about. Interestingly enough, you know, the, ride was in 2017, the first one. And in 2019, in March, Blake Shelton came out with that song, God's Country. Oh, see? <laughs> that is divine. So my last ride, I had that blaring out like 10 minutes before ride starts. We were blaring out God's Country. <laughs> that is on my playlist, actually.
1: <laughs> yes. God's Country is on my playlist. And so I was thinking, yeah, you're allowed to play, I don't know, what is it, 15 seconds of a song is allowed or something. So I'm thinking I was going to kind of put that at the beginning of the podcast a little bit oh, before cool. our interview. So, good, um, good. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So obviously your ride is sanctioned, correct, with AERC? Yes, AERC
0: and MOTRA, okay. which is a um, middle-of-the-trail, uh, distance and it's kind of um, they they concentrate more on mileage than anything else. But that does attract a, a group of people. If you, if it's sanctioned with motra, also they mm-hmm. it brings a group. You know. Can you tell me about the trails and the
1: unique features that your ride has? Because I heard that although it was wet this year. That it was still beautiful.
0: yeah, the the trail has rock bottom, so it holds up very well terrain. The river does rise, you know, so there is uh, possible issues with going out into the river, but the river is two miles on one side and four miles on the other side away. And the campground sits kind of up higher than the river. So it's not like that's going to cause a problem with putting on the ride. But I like people to be able to go out into the river to cool off and sponge off and drink and all that. So um, it is not an easy ride. It is the Ozarks. So it's rocky and it is not barefoot friendly. And it's hilly. And Mm -hmm. some of them are long, slow hills. They're not Mm -hmm. straight up and downhill, but they will kick your butt, you know. Mm-hmm. They will catch up with you, so you have to strategize and keep that in mind, especially on the 50. And, um, you know, it's got, um, it's in the Mark Twain forest, so there's, uh, you go through sections where there's just pine trees, tall as you can imagine, all around you. And because the needles are on the ground, even if you're wearing shoes, it's like a pitter patter through that area, and it's just the most awesome sound. That's the most beautiful place to meet, you know, Mm -hmm. at the ride is going through those cedar trees in that little area, and it's shaded and kind of dark, and you just, you know, quietly trot through there. It's neat.
1: I seem to remember somebody saying their favorite part of the ride was, is there a place that
0: overlooks the river, possibly? Yeah. um, In 2019, when I put on the ride, a tornado came through two weeks before the ride and I don't know if you know who the backcountry horsemen are yes yep. but they are they're very involved in that particular uh, location and this couple, uh, Robin and Daryl Vaughn, that's their backyard and so they always keep that place pristine and they came in there was about a mile and a half of damage. Through trails, we had already worked on and cleared that. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were trees down everywhere, and in two weeks, they had that trail cleared out so we could still use it, and what it did was it opened up that top gravel road where you're riding down to the river, Mm -hmm. and it cleared that whole view out, whereas you couldn't see it before. But now you can look out across that whole valley down into the river, and there's some cattle farms down there in the valley. And, yeah, it's an amazing view.
1: So we're going to switch gears a little bit and ask about camp facilities at your ride. Are you close to town if somebody needed to run into town for ice or anything like that? I'm about
0: 20 to 25 minutes from is the closest convenience store, Lebanon is the closest town, which is, yeah, 30 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not too bad, but it is a primitive campground. People make runs for ice or anything people might need. We've also had, like, a photographer come and get pictures throughout the day and then run up to the Walmart Supercenter up there Mm -hmm. and get them developed in the one-hour photo. Mm -hmm. That was kind of fun, and then people could just go ahead and buy whatever snapshots they wanted. So it's close enough you can do stuff like that but there's no running water, there's no electricity. It's it's a meadow, and we back people in uh, a circle, so everybody's facing the middle, Mm -hmm. and it actually creates this really close environment where people come out and graze in the grass in the middle and visit, and instead of being so spread out, it really Mm -hmm. brings everybody together. It's a small campground, so I have to limit how many people can come. I can only... Handle 35 or 36 rigs, and that's Mm -hmm. including vets and volunteers. So, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, that's the one downfall. I have not been able to find a way to uh, find a different location on the grounds that we could spread out and have a bigger crowd. But, but it's intimate and it's neat, and and it makes for a nice environment for water at your ride.
1: Do you just haul in water, or does everybody have to haul in their own water?
0: Um, We ask people to bring their own water, but I do have Stephanie's husband, actually. Don Knabel, this last year, did a a really amazing job. He's got one of those huge 275-gallon tanks, and so he just kept us filled up with water from Thursday night until Sunday night, Mm -hmm. and um, one of the neighbors there on the gravel road, this little family, I swear there's probably eight kids that live there and the grandparents and the parents, but they have, every year, they have let us use their hose to fill up our tank as well but don has a pump he would just drive down to the river and just suck water into that thing real quick and mm-hmm. um he never stopped even we were never without horse water so awesome. plenty of sponging water, plenty of drinking water. That's worked out well. And the years before that, Karen Dameron and Emma McKinnon were in charge of water, and but we had to use smaller tanks to do it. So mm-hmm. Don said he was going to do it for us again next year, which is awesome, because he, we could not beat what, what he did. He I was think great.
1: Don needs a gift card or something. <laughs> he needs a, a, a weekend away or something. That is amazing that oh, he's doing yes. that, you know.
0: Oh, I know. Just volunteering his time. Yeah. I need
1: to take him out for steak dinner. There you go. So what distances do you offer at your ride? Are there novice rides or young rider discounts? I don't I don't offer the
0: introductory rides because space is so limited and I want right. to make sure that the right. people that want to compete can, can come. Mm-hmm. But I do offer at 25, 35, and 50. I've always been a fan of the 35 distance yeah. because it gives people a chance to up their mileage without being intimidated by the 50. So I've always tried to, every couple of years, somebody, you know, tries to really promote the 35, you know, to ride managers, And then they, they may throw it in there one year and then they stop again because it's a hassle. It takes, you know, more awards and, and more going through BCs for the vets, and there is a lot more to it, that I think it's really a great tool to get people to not be scared to move up to 50s if they can knock out a 35. That's a big distance.
1: I'm just a huge fan of that, and I know maybe there aren't that many people in my favor, and I tend to not talk about these things on the podcast because I don't want to polarize anything, but do think that... Um, dressage has many levels jumping has many levels even barrel racing has different levels uh, cross country I think it's beneficial and if it comes down to to do more awards then you know I'll sponsor an award you know I just sponsored an award for the field of dreams I had a rump rug made and we put endurance horse podcast on one side and field of dreams on the other side and had that sent sent to Iowa and I'd be willing to do that for your 30 next year Um, so what it is it's a mid-pack award because I also believe for the horse's health promoting that mid-pack distance that there's people like me that I'm happy with the turtle award I don't need to be in the front and I also think that adds a little bit of something for somebody who's riding their ride just right you know, maybe they have a right. chance to win that award in the middle. and that yeah. hard
0: because really the way I do it, I just use the trail I've already marked, right. you know. And I, I, I work it out to where, you know, they do the long loop, that the two long loops that the 50s do, you mm-hmm. know. So it, it works out just fine. You don't have to mark more trail. It's just the awards. And quite frankly, most endurance riders are not hung up on awards, <laughs> you know. Yes. They're doing it for... They're not doing it for what they're going to get at the end of the no. ride. So even just a little token of something is fine for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, email me.
1: It's endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com and remind me that I said that. And next year when you offer that distance, I will be your Mid-Pack Award sponsor. Happy to. Well, thank to, you. Okay. All right. So on to that your ride. Good. But, yeah, I do I, – I guess I just want to say one thing is that, you know, it it makes sense that you're adding a a loop to that horse. So if your horse is used to 25 and you're just adding one more loop in a way, if your loop is around you know, 10 miles or nine miles or whatever your loops break down into being or, you know, 11, you're just asking that horse to do one more loop. And I think that that's more advantageous for you than doubling it. Anyways, yeah, yeah, I'm just excited, I think, because I don't meet very many people who agree with me on that. so. (laughs) Yeah, I was, I was happy to yeah, hear you I've say that. I've always
0: been a big advocate of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I wrote up a whole little thing on. Uh, I called it XLD, you know, mm-hmm. uh, extra L- extra oh. limited distance and did this whole promoting thing with it and wrote out this whole thing. And, of course, uh, you know, for a year they, they were on board and then it just kind of went by the wayside. So you I just should. continue to do it at my ride.
1: It's been a pleasure talking with you. Is there any other thing you would like to add about your ride that I didn't ask you about, like
0: awards? Usually my awards, I like to do a grab table. I mm-hmm. collect various types of things throughout the day and then my I like to um announce the 50s first and I start with first place and so that way you know the ones that did the longest distance mm-hmm. get to pick the first prize and on down the distances you know that's good yep I love it and I always like to really promote the turtles they get special things and and of course juniors yes mm-hmm. and I do have a discount for juniors by the way mm-hmm. um I have a discount for juniors, and I always give juniors extra prizes.
1: So this was not on my list of things to ask you, but I, after talking to you, I'm thinking you're you're a good person to ask this. How can we promote this sport out in the greater equine community?
0: We have Horse Fest here as well and we have always set up a booth until real recently because we would have all these people come through, take the literature, they'd sign up, you know, and put their email so we could get in touch with them and None of them would come. We'd put on clinics, you know, and because we have our central region. We talk about this all the time. We're constantly trying to bring more people in because we have tried and tried to promote it around here. A lot of people around here have heard of it, okay. you know, and that's why I say they think that we're abusing our horses or something because they're always like, yeah, you guys are the crazy ones. They have this idea that we just get out there and run. That's a good point that, because I do ask that
1: question often, which is how did you come to know about endurance? And it's always reminded me, ARC used to have this campaign years ago, was over a decade ago, probably. And it was each one, you know, I got mine, I think, but it was. So each one, bring one. It was kind of that idea was invite yeah, a friend. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And if somebody mm-hmm. said, oh, Susie, you know, invited me and I joined ARC, then they would send you a bunch, uh, a bumper sticker that said I got mine. You know, that was like yeah. this um, yeah. promotional thing for a while. I think that must be the truth is that we just have to recruit people in one at a time. And that also means if yeah. you're out conditioning on the trail, and there's yeah. trail riders out there, don't blow past them, stop and say, hi. right? Yeah, even if that person doesn't have any interest in endurance riding, they will, you will raise the level of the opinion they
0: have of endurance riders. And they'll riders. share it with somebody else. You've planted mm-hmm. a seed, you know, and they may mention it. And then somebody they talk to may say, oh, I want to get in touch with them. Yeah, it takes time. It takes you stopping and taking the time to visit. I carry
1: Endurance Horse podcast business cards with me on the trail. Because <laughs> I have I have my stowaway yeah. pack anyway, and I throw some business yeah. cards in there. And if I come across yeah, somebody and I ch- idea. and I chit chat with them, I just say, you know, here you go, have a listen. And um, you know, they just don't. So I've met many people who say, I don't know how to get into it. I don't see it advertised. Yeah. I don't know how would I even start. They just don't know, right? Um, so, anyways, right. that was off on a trail, mm-hmm. a rabbit trail that I might not include, but. It was in our conversation anyway. (laughs) I want to thank you for taking your time to talk with us today and um, promote your ride through Endurance Horse Podcast. And it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much.
0: We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favorite horse for an easy ride. Remember every mile of memory. To
1: share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast, send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com.